Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow, together with other mothers, when autumn comes. Some days I struggle because my passion with this project, with When Autumn Comes, is to love on moms and to teach those around us about our disabled community. I'm very passionate about that. But eight months into losing my daughter, I am finding that I am really, really struggling to, mm, what's the word, to feel almost accepted, not by this community necessarily, but by our society. If I wasn't knee deep in this project, I'm sure I would be doing something to normalize grief. Our society does not allow people to grieve. It needs to be something that with open arms, we as a village and a community say, hey, we are here. We love you. We are here. You got to do what you got to do to get through this grief process. And there's really like no end to it. So you're not getting through anything. You're just getting. Today, I have a very unique guest. Early in our season one, we interviewed a guest named Elizabeth. When her son, Cayenne, passed, she told us how she contacted a psychic medium. She said that it was something that she just felt called to do, and the person was very, very helpful for her. That actually was a really big topic amongst our listeners, not because it was controversial, but people had questions. As I was planning our schedule for season two, I was like, you know how cool it would be if we could have a medium come on and just kind of explain a little bit about mediumship. Because there are a lot of us who are, if we're not grieving the loss of a loved one or of one of our children, a lot of us are grieving the life that we thought we were going to have. And who better to talk about grief than a mom with a dead kid and a medium? Today, Jenny is talking to us about what evidential mediumship is. She's telling us what she does and how it could benefit you possibly. So give it a listen and welcome and meet my friend, Jenny. Okay, welcome back to When Autumn Comes. This is a little pop-up episode that we're doing. Uh, Diane is not with us today because her daughter is having a procedure. So today you have me and you have Jenny. And Jenny is not a medical mom. She is... I'm super excited to introduce you. Jenny is a psychic medium. Is that the title you use? Yep. yep. Okay. She is a psychic medium and... We are opening this conversation up because in May of 21, Elizabeth was our guest and Elizabeth came on and she talked about how when her son Cayenne passed, 
she was doing anything that she could do to find comfort. And one of the things that she did was she contacted a psychic medium. And for her, it just helped her soul feel so much better. That led me on a path to kind of talk to some people and see if other moms have done this. And I've found that a lot of the non-traditional things have helped a lot of moms. I know a lot of moms who, and I think you, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, a lot of moms who have greatly benefited from Reiki mm-hmm. and that have said like that has greatly helped their soul after their child has passed. I think I know of three or four moms who are currently doing that because it's just helped so much. So as somebody who has now lost a daughter, I've kind of been exploring different things and I met Jenny through her podcast. Guys, she's a podcaster too. And I'm doing all the talking. So we're going to let Jenny talk to us a little bit and tell Jenny, can you explain what you do for a living? Well, I'm a psychic medium, as you said. And so what that means is I spend many of my days connecting with spirit, uh, spirit meaning loved ones that have passed away onto their uh, journey into the afterlife. And so I uh, offer this as a service through readings and uh, help to make as many connections, reconnections as possible. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And I'm so happy that it has brought us together. Susan, thank you so much for having me on. It really is my purpose in life. Yeah. And so how did you get started doing, like, did you, have you been like this since you were a kid and you were like, I just talked to dead people? (laughs) I don't really have that story. I think um, when you start researching this, you will find a lot of mediums that do have the story of, you know, seeing their dead grandparents at the end of their bed when they were three, that kind of thing. I've definitely always been sensitive and what I would call psychic and empathic. I think a lot of moms know what that feels like, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That mom gut that we're all told to trust. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so it's very much like that. But uh, for me, the mediumship part of my journey really came about after my grandfather passed. Uh, He passed in 2014. I went through a couple of years of a lot of depression and grief to do with his passing. There were just some like family dynamics that made it really hard to connect with him before he passed. And so he passed without getting to say goodbye. We didn't have that kind of final conversation that I think we all sometimes hope will happen with people we care about, right? And so after that two-year period, I reached out to a medium myself and I had been, you know, You mentioned Reiki. I was a Reiki master for many years before that. Energy work wasn't new to me. I already had the decks of cards and the crystals and all of that stuff. But, you know, this phase of my life was a time where I was really questioning everything and my purpose and what the afterlife actually is and what's possible and all of these things, right? Anyway, so I had this reading with the medium, and while I was there, a lot of (laughs) pieces clicked into place. Not only did my grandparents, all of my grandparents come through, but they gave me some guidance on how I could heal my own heart and work through some things that I was carrying, and uh, it really opened the door. I left that reading with a, a deep sense of knowing that the reading wasn't just about connecting with my grandparents. It was about connecting with something that my soul was 
needing to express. And um, mm-hmm. it happened really quickly after that. Within a month, I was giving readings. Everything wow. kind of exploded. <laughs> My abilities that now looking back, I can see were always there. Just I didn't understand how to work with it and, and what to do. Mm-hmm. So that was 2016. And very quickly, it became a full-time thing for me. And I've been doing it ever since. Given the fact that you got to this place through your own grief, like you can completely understand that it kind of, it sticks to you and Mm -hmm. it puts you in a really bad place. And so a lot of our audience, whether they're grieving the loss of a loved one or they're grieving the loss of a life that they thought they had. I mean, when you are handed a baby in the NICU and told she has a two to five year life expectancy She'll probably never walk, talk, eat by mouth. Here you go. She's adorable, but here you go. There's a lot of grief and questioning of purpose and the life you thought you were going to have is not what you got. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us just struggle until you find your groove, until you like, I literally woke up one day and I was like, I am a damn good special needs mom. Like I can do this, but it had to get to a point where the grief and the trauma was just overwhelming. So even though you haven't lost a child yourself, you, you can relate on some level, but before we hit record, you said, I, I'm, I'm nervous because I don't, my heart breaks for the moms that I have to connect with their children. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine being that person in the middle. It's definitely easier being me than it is being the mom that's lost a child. That's for sure. And, you know, like I was saying beforehand, it's, it's not my favorite type of connection to make. I don't want this to be a reality for anyone that's had a child. Mm -hmm. That said, the children that I have connected with, you know, many, many times in readings, just the beautiful, playful, bright energy that they bring is something that I'm very blessed to perceive and to pass on to their parents. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of things written here that I want to talk about. But as you're saying that, even the children that spent most of their lifetime sick, and even the children that struggled to literally survive, I mean, Lorelai fought for her life, her entire life. And even on the other side, though, you're telling moms like me that your child is bright and full and yeah vibrant Mm -hmm. um very much at peace joyful um excited and this is true for all of our souls you know any no matter what age you are when you pass but you know Lorelai as the perfect example of how you would expect her to be um and and she is that way and so um, I learn a lot. I would say I learn a lot from from children when they come through. I wasn't really sure how far I wanted to share my story in this, but I do want to share a little bit that like I reached out to you and I was like, I mean, my kid was nonverbal in real life, in real life, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was nonverbal here. Like, will this work? And it was one of the most healing things that I have done in the last seven months of her passing. I knew in my heart she was fine. I knew she was in heaven and on the other side and at peace. But just to hear 
And for anybody who thinks that I'm crazy at this point, let me tell you that Jenny said things that no one could have known. Um, you are what they call, is it an evidential? Mm-hmm. So explain what that means. Okay. So evidential mediumship is something that I consider to be super important in my work. You know, there are so many mediums out there. And I think that we all sort of bring our own unique uh, way of working to what we call mediumship. For me, I think maybe because I'm a Taurus or I'm a very, I don't know, a perfectionist. There's so many things that I could say is the reason why I work this way. But evidential mediumship to me means bringing through pieces of information from your loved one in spirit to really help you recognize that it's them. And so I think that a lot of people uh, could could say, they're with you. Yes, they're with you. And, and you just have to believe them and believe that that's true. But it's much more believable when you can say, they're showing me a skateboard. Do you know why? You know, and I think when it comes to children, uh, there's a, a million different reasons why they would show us that. But to you, it might mean something very specific. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it strikes a deeper chord when a medium can give you details about their lives, details, you know, memories that you would share, perhaps something connected to an illness that they had or their cause of passing. These are all things that I consider important. And then from there, a message, you know, um, w- what they wish for you to know about where they are and about, um, you know, maybe what they didn't get to say to you or all of these things. And it does work if they're nonverbal on earth, right? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> mediumship is on the mental plane. So it's blocks of information, it's impressions, it's symbols. There are a bazillion different ways that that spirit can get information across and it doesn't have to just be through words spoken mm-hmm. through, you know, there's, there's no voice box involved <laughs> when it comes to connecting mind to mind. Yeah. So there are no limitations. And sometimes we have to just work differently or find, you know, I, I really do try to start fresh with every single reading that I do so that I can just get out of the way and let mm-hmm. the spirit person take control of the reading how they need to do it. So mm-hmm. that's always my goal. So let's shift back to the grief topic because you okay. obviously work with a lot of people who are grieving. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't come for, most people grieve when they lose someone, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a handful that are thrilled, but most people when they lose someone and they want to connect with them after are going through piles and buckets and heaps of grief. Yeah. Is there any advice that you have after talking to people for so many years who are going through grief? None of us can just get through it. Is there, and I mean, you've had your own grief, so like, I don't expect you to be like, here's the answer to grief. Cause if you did, we would make a ton of money. Um, (laughs) Would we ever. (laughs) But dealing with so many people who are grieving, any, any thoughts or advice for those of us? I think that we all know that it's a unique journey. And that there are so many other emotions wrapped up, you know, something that you could have been experiencing for years up until the point of, of 
someone's passing. And just as unique as we are and our life story and the life of the people we have lost is how unique your grief journey is going to be. And, you know, not making it look like someone else's, I think is really important. And knowing that whatever it is, however it is showing up is completely okay. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, being okay one day and not the next. As long as you're not harming yourself. Um, oh, as absolutely. Long as as yeah. long as you are safe and everything, it is completely. Exactly. exactly. Because yeah. I know there's so many levels of anxiety and grief and depression mm-hmm. wrapped into all of this. So I always try to fine print it. Like as long as your other children are fine mm-hmm. and as long as you are safe, do what you have to do to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And just honoring your feelings, you know, as much as you possibly can. And I think that that is, I think there are times when maybe, maybe we can't even quite identify what the feeling is. So finding someone to help you talk through that or having some sort of, you know, journaling or something to process, Mm -hmm. but also not making yourself more exhausted, trying to, trying to figure it out. Right. And again, that's, that's where it it's uh, it's your unique journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of unique, most of our children are incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. Diane and I are Christian, and Diane firmly believes that her daughter, Selah, came to this earth with a purpose, and that Lorelai and Benji and all of our children come to this earth with a purpose, and they may not look or act the way that other people do, do you have any insight or any beliefs on what our children's purpose is? My kids are never going to, well, one of them's dead, but my kids are never going to be doctors or lawyers or grocery store clerks or trashmen or golf cart drivers. They're never going to do any of that. So what is, what is the purpose of this in your opinion? Not a heavy question at all. No, no, not at all. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Uh, I think, you know, what I feel when you're asking me this question is something that brings me to a question that, you know, I ask myself this all the time for everybody. What is actually the purpose of coming and living a life? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I really come back to is for the joy of experiencing a life. And now you might say some of these kids are not experiencing joy as much as we would like to see them experiencing it. And I I don't know. I don't know exactly the purpose, but I do think it's experience and it's soul growth. And on some level, it's exactly how it was planned. And I don't know if that brings comfort or not. Right. To, to think of, of choosing a life that is not typical. And they're picking up if they are picking or if they're being assigned or, I mean, none of us know, but I just think like bravo to them for taking on this journey that if they knew ahead of time, or if God said, Lorelai is the one I need to be Susan's daughter and she is going to face these hurdles. Like, I mean, you guys can't see it, but I have a picture of my kids right over my shoulder and Lorelai 
took it with a smile. Like, I mean, she was like, mm-hmm. we're going to, Benji doesn't smile at all ever. So like he didn't take it with a smile, but Lorelai, she just took it with a smile and she was like, okay, this is my mission. This is what I'm going to do. I think as moms sometimes too, whether in your case you have typical children or in my case, sometimes I look around and I'm like, was this my mission? <laughs> was this? I feel like there's a, a Instagram me- a reel or something going around. I was like, was this what you planned for me? Like, this is it <laughs> as I struggle with feeding tubes and everything else. But or in, you know, whether you're struggling with getting your kid to prom or whatever it may be, we all have paths ahead of us. And it just sometimes doesn't look like what we thought. Mm-hmm. There's a really great book that I read a few years ago called The Journey of Souls. And I think it's by Michael Newton. So what he did, I'll just tell you really quickly so it kind of makes sense, but he would do hypnosis and bring people through not only the life, like a past life, but their passing experience of that life and then into where they were in the afterlife. A large number of people would report life before life experiences and that they were choosing their parents and that they were choosing the life they were going to live and when they would live this life and who else they would meet. And they would also choose exit points and i know that you know we can't prove that either way and and it's it's interesting to think about and yet here we are just living our lives and trying to get through each day mm-hmm. but for me when i think about you know is that something that i did is that something my soul did i find it comforting i think it's there's an eerie aspect to it of choosing this but i guess that speaks of the resilience and the strength of our souls and our willingness to experience all of the possible ways that a soul can live in a physical body on this earth. And that some of us may willingly choose that Mm -hmm. for some sort of soul growth, for some sort of, you know, maybe mixing things up a bit. I don't know. Yeah. It, again, we won't really know, no. you know, and, and when we pass, maybe we'll know, but we won't necessarily be it won't matter at that here point. to talk about it. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's so frustrating sometimes because we just mm-hmm. want this like book to float down <laughs> from um, above to say, this is, yeah. these are all of the act. This is the actual truth. And mm-hmm. You know, whether we choose to just believe this for some form of comfort or or not, I think that all of that is okay. I've found myself over the last six to seven months, like if anybody follows me on social media, like I have my own Instagram page, but I also have a love winks from Lorelai because I believe she's sending me hearts and I believe she is here. And I believe like she's probably sitting right next to me right now. And I find myself in certain days going, God, why do I believe in heaven? Like, why do I believe in the other side? Because sometimes, sometimes I'm so busy looking for her that it would be easier just to think, oh, she's dead. (laughs) That's the end of the story. It would be harder, I think, because I have faith believing in heaven and the other side and that we all have purpose and that 
God and the universe have created us for whatever reason they they had in mind that we will one day figure out, hopefully. But some days I just think, gosh, like it would be easier if it was just like, eh, they reached the end, they're done. But then it also wouldn't be because mm. there is no connecting if that is just the end. And mm. Lorelai is absolutely here. The kid is, I, last night, Benji's feeding pump went off like every hour. And I was like, doodle, if this is you, so help me God. <laughs> and then I was like, no, dudes. Here, you're awake. You take care of Benji's feeding pump. <laughs> Don't let it go off again. Um, of course, the darn thing went off like 15 times. But hey, no one's counting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, it's very interesting how everybody handles grief so differently. I handle grief differently from day to day, let alone, mm -hmm. you know, it's not easy. Well, I think that it sort of speaks to what a lot of people say when they've lost someone is they don't want to let go of them and forget, not that you'll ever forget her, but forget some of the, you know, the little things mm -hmm. or there's the sense of her energy being close to you. And so I think in the beginning, especially people will rightfully so look for their loved one in everything mm -hmm. and desperately want those, those signs, those winks, right? Mm -hmm. On some level, I think your soul knows that she's still there. She is still with you. She is in everything. And it can be hard because then you kind of want as many signs as possible and it doesn't always feel like you're receiving them. Mm -hmm. And so establishing a new relationship, right? It's yeah. a new way of being together that is definitely not visible and certainly makes you look crazy to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, add to that maybe other family members telling you you're crazy or... Or like the whole, I feel like I get like, not the actual pat on the head, but like the metaphorical pat on the head, like you're grieving. It's okay to think, mm -hmm. think things mm -hmm. like this right now, but yeah, don't, just don't, yeah. Just let her yeah. say what she needs to say to feel better. Yeah. Or, yeah. And that's, what's hard about it because at this time in the world, not everybody believes in this kind of thing. You know, I think for me, I would rather believe than not believe, like you said, because believing that our souls just stop when the physical body dies and that's it done wipe your hands walk away i don't know i don't i i don't like that thought at all i so no no and like and not to turn this into a life or i mean but then like what's the point like the, what's the point if that's if this is it like i don't know i just it's been it's been an interesting seven months, <laughs> mm -hmm. and i've I've learned a lot about myself and I've learned a lot about my kid and I think in my case, Lorelai was nonverbal on earth, so when mm -hmm. I see a sign from her like a heart shaped rock or if I have a bird sitting on my window or if the hummingbird is looking in the window, for me, she was nonverbal on earth. Why wouldn't she be sending me like signs like this like it makes mm -hmm. complete sense to me um I agree. My husband doesn't listen to my podcast. So if he happens to be listening to this one, he would metaphorically be patting me on the head right now. Right. And 
you know, if that's what helps me grieve, then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if it brings me comfort right now, it is what it is. But I like to know that my, my doodle is still here. Yeah. It's super comforting. So if someone lost a loved one and, you know, it's been a month or two and they're like, I just, I, I miss feeling that connection. What could be the next couple steps that a person could take to connect with their loved one? I feel as though time first, you know, six months to a year, perhaps everyone is different and everyone will know when, when the time is right, if that's something they're considering, right? Like you'll know, you'll Mm -hmm. know in your gut or in your heart. I always say that mediumship is not a replacement for therapy, if that's something you feel you need. And so I would say, look there first. Mm Mm-hmm. That said, I've had a lot of people who have done years of therapy say that one session was like, you know, a million therapy sessions because of that evidential aspect of it, right? But it's hard to answer because it's really just a gut feeling, right? Mm -hmm. If if you know you want one, maybe you don't even know why. I've had people book with me and say, I was just drawn to you, and so I booked. And of course, you know you want to connect with someone, but most times people feel guided. They Mm -hmm. feel as though their loved one put the medium in front of them. And that's actually something that I say to spirit, you know, don't come show up here and try to get me to reach out to your loved one. Reach out to your loved one and put me in their path so that they book with me. So there's Mm -hmm. always a bigger aspect to reaching out to a medium, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then from there, make sure that somebody, you know, the person that you're reaching out to, that their services are clearly defined so that you know what you're getting into, because there are, um, there are people that work differently with mediumship and psychic work and, I like I said, <laughs> the evidential aspect is super important to me. If I were to call you and say, hey, I would like a reading or call anybody or email or whatever, if I were to book something, what do I need to look for to make sure that it's somebody who's not going to tell me about my spirit guides or my like, how do I know? Do I spell out? Here's what I'm looking for because as medical moms, we have great checklists and and binders and everything's color coded. Should I tell you I have a disabled daughter and she passed and I want to talk to her or should I come to you and say, what kind of work do you do? Because I don't know what you do. Mm -hmm. How does that work? So that I don't find somebody who isn't going to help. Right. Yeah. So like the whole spirit guide question is is a great one because... You know, there are mediums that will connect with like angels or spirit guides. Ask them specifically, do you connect with loved ones that have passed? But I would say definitely don't give any other information about who you want to connect with. Don't say anything. You know, I don't want to know a single thing about you going into the reading so that I'm starting fresh because it can sometimes be a challenge to put aside what I already know. And then I would say look for reviews, Um, look for if there's any audio or footage of them actually working so that you can get a taste for it and just research mediumship in general. There's so much on YouTube, good and bad, um, that you can just get a sense of what to expect Mm -hmm. and maybe some of the more famous, famous, (laughs) 
famous mediums <laughs> will help you understand that. But don't give information. Ask if it's evidential mediumship. And from there, I think you just have to trust. And a lot of times when people book with me, they will say, as soon as I saw your face, you know, from your picture on your website, I knew you were the right one for me. And I do think that it's a thing, you know, that there's a medium for everyone. And if you feel pulled towards somebody, trust that. Mm -hmm. I did a reading with you and you didn't know me. And I've already said it in this episode, but it was extremely healing for me. I've also talked to other people and passing through many years and it would break my heart if a grieving mom went to any of those other people because when you're knee deep in grief, it's not something to screw around with. Like it's not something where a person can be like, Oh, well your child, she couldn't wear dresses on earth. So she's dressed up like this now. Like, no, like you, you can't, you can't hurt people's, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I do not want other moms to get crushed by going to just any medium. And from the research I've done for this episode and the research I've done for myself, evidential is where it's at because y'all are tried and true. And again, the, the stuff that you told me, there's no way anybody could have known that. And the layer for me is that my kid was nonverbal. I never talked I never heard her words. And Lorelai is damn good at words now. (laughs) (laughs) She had some words. For me, it's not a faith thing. It's not a Christian, Jewish, non-believer, anything. Like It's about love and hope and light. And God, to me, whether it's God or spirit, there's something bigger, in my opinion. I feel like you work with love. Definitely. So we wrap up all of our episodes with a question and it is what gives you hope, Jenny? What gives me hope? So many things. I guess it's a hard question for me to answer because I hope for a lot of things. (laughs) I hope for things in so many different um, ways, but I would say those Times when synchronistic events happen, where you glance at the clock and it says 11-11, or you are really feeling the feels and you go out for your mental health walk (laughs) and there's a feather on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Those little tiny things that you know could mean nothing to someone else but you feel um you know on a deeper level that it's that it is a sign I would say that gives me hope that makes me feel like there is a bigger picture here and that sometimes we have to trust in that and maybe whatever we're experiencing at the time makes zero sense and we don't understand any of the meaning in it. At some point, I think it will. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's years down the road. But these little winks, <laughs> I love that you call them winks, are really important for me. 
I just want to say that I feel like I I held back with a lot of my woo-woo in this episode. I feel like there's so much more I could have told you guys, but I also know that this is not necessarily the time or the place for me to show you that side of me. And I want to thank Jenny for explaining a few things to me that I, I didn't know before this, like evidential mediumship and just her perspective on the other side. I know that for some people, this may be kind of a out-of-the-box way of grieving, but for me and many other moms that I've spoken with, it has really, really helped. So if it's something that you're interested in, I personally highly, highly, highly recommend Jenny. And if you want to get in touch with her, or even if you just want to follow her on social media, check her out. She is at Psychic Medium Jenny Juranix on Instagram and Facebook. Her website is JennyGeranix.com. And I'll have all of this in the notes. But the other thing you can do is check out our podcast because I know you guys already like podcasts because you're here. So our podcast is called Spirit Call. And on her website, you can actually sign up for a free reading and to possibly be on her podcast. So check her out if this is something that you feel called to do. And she is actually going to be joining me on Friday for 4 a.m. So this is Susan, and I am going to go get some hot tea because I don't know if you guys can tell, but I have like allergies or a cold or it's not COVID. Benji tested negative for COVID. We are good. But I need I need some hot tea right now. Catch you guys on Friday. Hi, I'm Suze. Are you new here? This is When Autumn Comes Podcast. If you just listened to the last, I don't know, 30-ish minutes, you should know that by now. I'm just hopping on here quickly to tell you that we have a social media group called When Autumn Comes Society. We welcome you to join us there. It is a group for moms, dads, caregivers, aunts, uncles, nurses, doctors, psychic mediums, you name it. We take all of you people. But join us there where we have conversations about the podcast and about all things that we feel like talking about. Also, shameless plug here, I would really love it if you liked and shared our podcast. That way more families can find it. Thank you guys.